Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. Library directors often hire consultants to work on projects for which they do not have the time, staff, or experience. How do directors find these consultants? Jamie Yazdani, my guest today, is the owner of Yazdani Consulting and Facilitation, and she started a directory of library consultants. After working in academic libraries, she started her business helping mission-driven organizations lead more impactful projects, teams, and planning. She is active in professional associations, which we love on this podcast, including serving as a mentor in 2017 and 2018 with the Library Leadership and Management Association of ALA. Jamie, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. So I'm interested to know why you started your consulting business and what kinds of projects and training your clients hire you to consult on or facilitate. So I started my consulting business because I was burned out. Um, I was Mm -hmm. burned out from my roles in academic libraries um, and I had decided uh, I was done and I was going to leave my director position. Um, And knowing I was going to leave that position, um, we were moving. And so I really saw it as an opportunity kind of for a fresh start and to sort of experiment. Um, And so consulting was something that I thought I could give a a try and try to do something a little bit different. Um, I initially started my business to do leadership training and coaching. Um, Speaking of professional associations, that was something I had had experience with um, in my work with associations. And so I was kind of excited about doing that. Um, But people kept asking me to help them with projects and planning when I would kind of start talking to them about other things. And that was something I had had a lot of experience in, in my library career. And so I pivoted, um, I changed my focus to projects and planning. And so that is what I I primarily do now, although I do still do training, um, sometimes on leadership topics, but most of it's focused on project management and planning uh, topics. And my client work is focused there as well. How do you find your clients and who's your target market? Yes. So um, my target market um, is leaders, managers in mission driven organizations. So, of course, that includes libraries, but I also work with nonprofits, associations, government and education um, organizations as well. The way I find them, it's a couple of different ways, and and some of this has changed kind of over the life of my business, but one of the primary ways that I get clients is through training and speaking, and so I speak at conferences, I do trainings, often with training partners who work in the, the areas that my target markets are in, so, you know, library trainers, nonprofit training companies. And so I think that's a great way to get clients because people get to hear me and see me. Um, and if they like mm-hmm. me in my area of expertise, they can, you know, decide that I might be someone they want to work with. I also, though, rely really heavily on referrals, which I think most consultants do, um, maybe despite what some of the marketing people try to convince you of on LinkedIn. I think most consultants <laughs> um, rely on referrals. And so I do spend a fair amount of time networking, um, particularly with other consultants and folks who are in the sectors that I work in, um, just to let them know what I do and to kind of understand um, you know, how I might be able to help people and they 
they often refer me. My referrals have also led to subcontracting of work. So often other consultants hire me to assist them with a planning project or to project manage kind of a complex client project that they have. Um, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, although I would say my goal there isn't necessarily to get clients. It's more a way of maintaining connections and kind of reminding folks I'm I'm still alive and still doing the things that that I say <laughs> I do. And then of course, I'm listed on some directories. One in particular, yes, which we will one, talk about. <laughs> yes, one in particular, but I am on several others as well. <laughs> so you've done a variety of projects and training in your business. Are there other kinds of projects or training you'd like to do going forward? Yes. Yeah, so, I, I mean, one of the things that I love about consulting and my business in particular is that kind of variety of things that I get to do. And in terms of training, I'm always happy to do training. I love to do training. Um, one of the things that I've been doing more of recently in terms of training, particularly in the library space, is leading some leadership institutes and kind of leadership programs that library associations offer, you know, those kind of once a year new directors or new leaders kind of get together for a couple of days and um, you spend some time thinking about leadership and talking about leadership. And so I do really enjoy that. And I'd love to do more of those. I think, think those are really fun um, and something that I enjoy. On the kind of project and planning side, um, you know, I would say that one of the things, particularly this summer, I've been working kind of across a a tier of services I offer in the project management space. So um, I offer sort of project coaching for folks who want to manage projects themselves, but just need a little bit of help. And that's really fun because it's kind of a nice blend of leadership development but and project management. Um, but of course, I also offer project management where I manage it a project for you, which is a lot of fun. And then I have for kind of the organizational level, services where I can help an organization or a department who wants kind of all of their projects to be successful, put in place some processes and standards and templates and things like that to kind of make um, make all of their projects run well and to really help their project leaders be better project managers. And so I really do like to work across that spectrum. I think it's really fun to kind of work at the individual project and organizational level. And so I'd love to keep doing that. Um, on the planning side, I'm, I've started to do more implementation planning. I do offer some strategic planning support, but as a project manager and as a former library director who was always sort of frustrated with strategic plans that didn't go anywhere. You know, you spend all this mm -hmm. energy planning and gathering data, and then, you know, you put it up on the website or something and never think about it again. And I think that was always really frustrating to me. And so I've started to do implementation planning with folks. So you have that strategic plan and don't 
know exactly what that means, right? So what are we going to do three weeks from now? What are the seven initiatives that we're going to undertake? That is something that I can help organizations with, and I really enjoy it. And most strategic planning consultants don't. Um, and so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited to kind of do more of that work because it's kind of my sweet spot and a lot of fun. I like all that as well. Uh, and you mentioned uh, speaking at like library for new library director programs. When I became a library director, I went to a, you know, a week long, basically library director boot camp, and it was everything. We were like, this is the best week of our lives. It was so much fun. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Just learning about everything. It was great. So I, it's, I'm sure it's fun to present at it as well. But yeah. like when you're new, just to take all of it in, HR law and like building things and all kinds of things, it was great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. It's, um, it is a lot, right? Because obviously you're mm -hmm. facilitating several days and it's, you know, a and it often can be really, in some ways, emotional for people, you know, because they've sort of stepped away from their environment. They're kind of dealing with, I don't know, just so many different things in their spaces and in kind of moving into a new role or, you know, kind of dealing with leadership challenges. And they're kind of in a, a safe space a little bit and they're mm -hmm. getting to talk to other people because I do think being a director um, or in any kind of leadership position can be a little bit lonely sometimes. I don't mm -hmm. talk about that as much. So I think people get really excited to just be with other people who understand, but who they don't have to <laughs> advocate for money to or um, supervise or any of those other things. And so, yeah, I've, I've been to those as well in my career and found them really valuable. And so it's very, very rewarding to be able to, to lead them now. Um, it's really fun. And I always tell new directors, find every networking group you can in your area and go to those meetings yes. because you will need those people. Yes. You don't know when. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you will need those people. Yeah. You will need that network. Can't talk to your staff about problems. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really, they get it at those networking meetings for directors. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other podcast director stuff. So when you work for yourself, it can be hard to turn off your day job. How do you manage a reasonable work-life balance? So I don't. Is it possible? I don't. <laughs> so I, That's a no. <laughs> I am horrible at that. I will, it is something I am kind of in constant struggle with myself about. And, you know, speaking about kind of that, those connections with library directors being so important, I have a lot of connections with other consultants, right? And I, a lot of consultants deal with this. And one of the things I know I've kind of been dealing with is that you feel guilty no matter what you do. So when you take time off your business, you feel guilty that you're not maybe, that you're missing an opportunity, that you're not maybe you're missing out on money, um, that mm -hmm. you need to sort of live and help your family. But then when you're, when you work too much, you're missing out on spending time with your family, right? Or exercising or cooking a good day, you know, all of these things. Um, and so it, it's always useful to know I'm not alone in that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bad at it. I'm just not good at it. And I think my, I think too, my business is, I think technically about five years old, although those first, that first year or two, I was more doing, um, 
leadership training and coaching and I was kind of half in half out. It takes time to build a business. And I always say to particularly newer consultants, you know, at the beginning, you have all this time to do networking and mess with your website and craft beautiful LinkedIn posts, (laughs) pictures and stuff because you don't have clients yet. And then when you get clients, which is great, then you don't have as much time for business development, but you need to do that because you need clients to work with after you're done with your current client. Um, And so it, it really is a struggle. I did just hire an assistant about weeks ago and it's already been wonderful. Um, you know, I feel like it's, she's wonderful. And so I'm really excited about that. And I am hoping that will give me back some balance but I'm, I'm not good at it. So I, if you want advice on finding work-life balance, uh, I'm not your, your girl. <laughs> well, that's great that you have an assistant now. I hope that works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think good. it will. I think it will. She came highly recommended. And so it will be good. Good. So you started the directory of consultants for libraries, museums, and archives last summer. Why was that the right time to create that community? And I love that you call it a community. Yes. So the community piece was really important to me. I don't know that it was the right time per se. <laughs> that that assumes that I, you know, had some big kind of strategic vision for it that I, you know, was plotting <laughs> for a long time. It was, it was though something I'd been thinking about for years and years. So when I first started my consulting business and I was, um, you know, I work with libraries, but I also work with nonprofits and other areas in the library space. I remember being a little bit surprised that getting my information on directories wasn't as easy as I thought it would be, or that I couldn't make changes, you know, particularly in those early Mm -hmm. times, you're, but even now you're, you're changing the way you talk about something or you have some new offering. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I remember thinking, Oh, I, I wonder if there's a better way to do this. And then in the nonprofit spaces, I work, there were these wonderful, directories where you could, you know, go in and tweak all day if you wanted to your profiles. But the thing that I really enjoyed was that they had these amazing communities connected kind of to the directory. And so they would offer network, you know, kind of regular networking where you got to talk to other consultants. They would have business development um, kind of speakers come and talk to us about branding and marketing and and time management and all of those things. And I just found that so, so valuable for my business. I met wonderful consultants who had been doing it a while and told me really great things. And, you know, I got to talk to other people having similar challenges. And so I wanted that in the library space because I I wanted to work, you know, I still work with libraries and I I do feel like libraries are different in some ways and I wanted that community and I just wasn't seeing it. And so I decided to start it. And the community aspect of it to me is really, really critical, not just on the consultant side, but we also, the the folks who are listed can propose webinars that we then, you know, offer to the library museum and archive community, free webinars. They're not sales pitches. They're people sharing their expertise, obviously for the consultants, they get in front of people. And so it's a bit of, of marketing, but it really is supporting those communities as well. And so, 
yeah, it, it, I don't know if it was the right time, but it was the time. It's been, <laughs> it's been a year and it's it's been a lot, I will say, on top of kind of my own consulting business. But it's been great to meet and talk with other library consultants. It's been great to offer these webinars that people seem to really get a lot out of. Um, and so I'm enjoying it. That's great. You have a good selection, too. Yeah. So if there are consultants considering joining the community, are there any particular skills you're looking for? So from a skill set perspective, no. I mean, I kind of like to think of it as a big tent. Um, if uh, when consultants get listed, they can kind of list themselves in, I think we have about 20 different specialty areas um, and then some subspecialties that you, you know, under leadership training, you could say that you do, I don't know, um, I can't remember, but you, you can see that there would be, you know, kind of subspecialties there. If you're into archives, maybe you do some kind of data management or you do preservation or something like that. That's probably a better example. But um, you, you can list in anything, but we do work with consultants. We work with consulting firms. So there are, you know, firms that have more, more than one consultant or partnerships. And we do have some interest um, from and have had folks kind of in who offer other types of library services that maybe have a training or, or a kind of consulting piece to their business that are also listed. And so, yeah, we're totally open from a skill set perspective. Anybody who feels that they um, fit in the bucket of, of somebody who consults with libraries, museums, or archives is welcome to join. I will say, though, that the folks reflecting on the first year from a consultant perspective, I think the folks who get the most out of the experience are the people who post other types of content. So you can have a profile, which is great, but if you're having a free webinar, if you've got you know some kind of offer, some kind of article, other things that you can share, that is something that is part of the directory. So you can you know kind of post your events and other things. Um, I find people have found that really helpful. Um, the people who do attend the events we have for consultants, I think, tend to get a lot out of those and who are networking and, and creating referral partners. And then the folks that have. Um, participated in kind of offering some of the webinars that we offer. Those consultants, I think, have really kind of gotten a lot out of the experience because they've gotten in front of people, they've made connections. But even the people who just are listed have told me they've gotten business from it, which is the, the purpose. That's for the great. That's great. Um, and, you know, for the library community, the museum and archive community, they're getting some free professional development, which never hurts, right? No. Definitely not. They're always looking for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you always been entrepreneurial or did you find that from working in libraries? I don't know that I would have considered myself entrepreneurial from a business perspective. Actually, a, a fair number of people in my family own their own businesses and that felt, their perspective felt different um, than how I kind of felt about myself. But I do think working in libraries first of all, gives you such a broad range of experiences, right? Mm -hmm. That I think a lot of people who don't really know what library work is probably don't think that, but you get to do so many things that are useful in running a business. And I do feel that much of the kind of um, sort of leadership positions I had in libraries did give me some confidence 
that I could handle <laughs> whatever came my way. Right. So, you know, we deal with a lot of crazy things that you never thought you might deal with and, you know, you, you've <laughs> moved forward. So it, it seems like, I think it gave me confidence, but I, I definitely wouldn't consider myself entrepreneurial. I did um, as an academic librarian, I did often work with the business faculty. So that was one of my kind of liaison areas. And I do think more of that rubbed off on me than I knew, you know, just sort of helping business students and business faculty um, sure. learn the things that they were learning. So I actually, you know, had some, I, I wasn't, you know, kind of a complete business novice, I think, which did help me a little bit, but those are all things people can figure out. So maybe I had a slight um, you know, a slight head start there, but yeah, I do think though the skill sets in library sort of being curious is really helpful. Um, I think all of the things that we have to do around technology and, you know, your marketing events and your uh, customer service, having mm -hmm. difficult conversations, if you can, um, kick a noisy patron out of the library, then you can deal with a difficult <laughs> client, right? <laughs> if you can ask people to pay their, their fine and fee, you can ask them to pay their bills. So I just think there's a lot of, of skill sets that, that overlap that have been useful to me. I agree. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is to demonstrate how the skills we have, they're not library skills, they're skills we're using in the library. We can use them anywhere. So if you're running a library, you're a director of a library, you're kind of running a small business. Mm -hmm. Funding is different. I mean, there are other things, but, you know, it's very similar. Yes. Yeah. There's so many skill sets with the, you know, you've managed a budget, you've managed people. All of these things really are applicable, um, even if they're not kind of how other people perceive the profession. Mm -hmm. They absolutely are. I also, because sometimes I do subcontract with other consultants. And so we kind of talk behind the scenes about consulting a lot. And I, I do think that particularly librarians who've done reference or sat at a reference or anybody who sat at a reference or circulation desk, you never know what people are going to ask you. And so being sort of open, being knowing that you don't have to have the answer right now, that you can figure it out is actually really great as a consultant. Um, because, you know, I think for many people, the idea that someone might be asking them for advice or asking them to do things or bringing them problems can seem scary, but we know how to deal with that. We know to, you know, ask questions. A reference interview is perfect for sort of a, a consulting situation. You ask a lot of questions. Um, to really get at the heart of the matter. And then you can move forward and give advice. It's a great approach. When I interview guests who have taken their skills to industry and I ask them what skills they're using, library skills they're using, the reference interview is what they say almost every time. Because if you can figure out what they're really asking for, mm -hmm. you're, you're set. And not everyone can do that. That is a skill that not everyone has. Right. And it's a skill, um, you know, people in libraries absolutely do. You we know, learn. trained mm -hmm. on it. It's something that you, um, even if you didn't go to library school, it's something that you experience kind of day to day. And so, yeah, it's, and it's a great skill to have in consulting mm -hmm. in particular. So we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, many librarians are interested in the idea of going into business for themselves. Librarians are fascinated at the thought of like freelance research I have found. So what suggestions can you give librarians who may want to do some consulting or freelance work? Like, so we kind of talked about this, but do you yeah. have any suggestions? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, I did talk about what I felt like the folks who, you know, had used the directory well or the directory community well had done. But um, I do, I guess if I could give some advice to people, I do think talking to people who have already done it is really important. Um, and I would sort of talk to people maybe at different levels. So somebody who's just kind of made that transition and, and people who've been in, in the game for a while, you absolutely can go, you know, and there are folks offering who do great. I've been part of them, things where people talk about what consulting's like, but I think those one-on-one -on -one conversations are really important because you kind of get the unvarnished truth. Um, and so I, my best advice is to talk to people about what it's really like. So an informational interview um, type of approach is really, really important. The other thing that I would recommend if you can do it is to kind of start small. So I did not do this. Um, I quit my job and then was like, what am I going to do now? Um, let me uh, get my business going. But the people I know who had a, a kind of slower transition, so if they knew they were going to leave a role, if they were getting ready to retire, if they knew they wanted to do something different, they registered their business, they got a website, they started um, kind of small with current contacts doing things as a bit of a side hustle. I think that's a really great approach. I didn't do that, but um, I wish that I had. <laughs> um, I would also say the thing that I often tell people too is to give things time. This was something I didn't do at the beginning of my business. And so I think often we put up a website, we start posting on social media, maybe we send an email to you know, people we know to say, we've just started this consulting business. And then we get really frustrated when we don't immediately get a hundred clients. It takes time. And for any of you who've been sort of library directors or anybody who's done, um, you know, fundraising, right. And libraries, they talk about the seven touches of fundraising that applies to getting clients as well. And so it typically takes sometimes, you know, seven engagements. I've heard actually it takes 15 or 20 interactions with someone to actually sign it. So they need to see you in a bunch of, particularly in a social media world, they need to see you in a bunch of different ways. So all of that is to say it takes time. So don't kind of give up. Don't think, well, I, I put my, my website up and nobody's contacted me for three months. It really does take time. It builds momentum, it, you know, the momentum builds, but that's something to really think about and sort of building your business and why that starting it small before you, you quit, um, is probably a good thing because otherwise you're kind of sitting there struggling with that for a long time. Um, yeah, I also would say to, to connect, when you do get started to connect with other consultants, it's invaluable to have other people to rely on who can offer advice and who can share tactics and tricks and strategies with you. And save your money. Come up with the idea and then a ways ahead of time and start seeing where you can cut back and save money so that mm -hmm. when you do leave the job, you have resources that you can, it lets you take a longer time to build your business. Yes. Cause it does take money even. And it takes a long time. Actually, one of the things I find, you know, we were talking about how librarians and li people who work in libraries have so many skill sets that are useful in some ways. Sometimes that can be a, a bit of a detriment 
and trying to get the work-life balance because you can do everything. So Mm -hmm. I can manage my own website. I can do my own social media. I can manage my own budget. I can, you know, I can do all of these things. Um, but is it the best use of my time? Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a good point. I probably should have invested more money, um, in the beginning and hired an assistant earlier and, you know, delegated some things that, but I, I didn't want to do it. I also think working, I was used to working in resource constricted environments. A lot of libraries are right. And so you're used to getting the most out of every penny. And I don't know that that's always the best. I mean, it's fine, but you know, sometimes I wish I had spent a little bit more money earlier um, because it would have saved me some, some time and the business might've grown quicker, but I also wouldn't recommend that people throw their money at every business or branding consultant that comes down the the line. So it's kind of, that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of charlatans out there on LinkedIn. Well, what I often think about, and I do work with, I've worked with some great kind of branding and marketing people, but a lot of them are pitching what works for them and their target market is other coaches and consultants and small business owners who are sitting on LinkedIn wondering why nobody (laughs) clicked their post. Whereas a, a library director, a director of a nonprofit is not sitting on LinkedIn all day. Right. And so the things that worked for those folks and growing their business won't necessarily work for us in growing our business, which is why it's useful to talk to consultants actually working in the the industries or target markets. And that's why everyone should look for the directory of library consultants, because (laughs) they're librarians probably who understand what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, we do have a lot of librarians, um, although I will say we have a fair amount of folks from the nonprofit space who are finding some success, you know, because there is some overlap and there is some mm-hmm. that um, kind of overlap there. And so we do have some folks who kind of came from other spaces who are finding success in library spaces, but I do still feel like nothing beats for library clients knowing that you Mm-hmm. You've, You've been, been through there. it. Right. So that's yeah. right. So we mentioned ALA a little bit, um, but what other professional associations have you joined or which ones have you gotten the most out of? So I will say professional associations have been critical, kind of pivotal to my, both my library career and, and my career as a business owner. So um Yeah, there's so many associations I've been a part of. As a library school student, I was in SLA. I was involved with SLA. Um, I grew up in SLA. Yeah, it's great. Um, I still sometimes, um, well, I presented at the SLA conference, I think last year. And so I I still like SLA. I'm not as as involved. Um, When I was an academic librarian, because I was in higher ed, I was involved with a lot of professional associations for women in higher education, you know, kind of building women leaders, getting more women in in leadership roles. Um, And so those were really valuable to me. Also, you know, it wasn't as many librarians in it, but there were, you know, folks in a lot of different positions. um, And it was really valuable to just kind of have other people in higher ed at other institutions to talk to. Um, But I also were typically was involved with my state library association 
yeah, I had been a, a mentor with ALA when LAMA um, was still around before CORE and, and they had a mentoring program. Um, and so that was really helpful to me. And for me in growing my business, which does still have a training and even with project management, kind of a leadership development component, I learned a lot about leadership development working in professional associations because we were doing conferences, mm -hmm. creating mentoring mm -hmm. programs. And so that was kind of my training ground, right, for that. Of course, I was also a supervisor. And so um, I had that experience, but um, it was really important. And it really helped me realize that that was what I cared about was supporting managers and leaders. Project management and planning is the way that I support them most of the time, but you know, it, it really was kind of a eye-opening thing for me. So that was in the kind of the library space, my library career as a business owner, I'm involved with my project management kind of professional organization. So I'm a member of PMI um, and my local PMI chapter. Um, I'm still a member of ALA and I'm, I'm, you know, um, I try to stay involved with the consultant community that that's a part of ALA. I'm a member of, I, I live in North Carolina. I'm a member of NCLA. Um, I also, and I've just, I feel like I've given you a laundry list of hundred professional associations, but this is how I love to spend my time. I'm also right now, I've been involved with my local organizational development network. So some of the work that I do, particularly around project management, um, often kind of falls under an organizational development umbrella. And so I got involved in that organization because they had some kind of cool webinars that I enjoyed, um, you know, going to, but now I'm, I'm vice president. And so it's been really fun. That's how it works. Yes, that is how it That's works. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. But it's been really fun. And it's it's fun to be in an organization that's very different than the ones that I've been using, you know, because it was all kind of library. Mm -hmm. Project management is like, you know, that's an area of expertise for me. I have a PMP, so that kind of makes sense. And the women in higher ed stuff all made sense. This is very different. It's HR people, trainers, coaches, um, and there is a lot of kind of interesting overlap. And so even though it's not my core area, it's still a fun, fun group to be involved with. So you've kind of casted a wide net in your professional association. So that's good. Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> I don't know. And right. maybe I just, I, you know, I am someone who thinks connections are important. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was important to me as a library director. It was important. It's important to me as a business owner. I want to connect and talk with, with other people. And yes, I often get referrals out of it, or I have something to put on my resume, all of that. But I really just enjoy the connection of talking to other people and learning. And a professional association is a great way to learn a lot of, of different things, leadership skills, development skills, but also just seeing what other people are doing. Well, I have this uh, Substack newsletter I write called Pondering Leadership, and I've written a whole newsletter on the value of professional associations. And I did one a couple of weeks ago on networking. Mm. Like networking is not going into a giant room of people you don't know. And like, that's not what it is. So there, that a lot of people are not a big fan of networking because I think it's very intimidating. But I wrote about there's so many ways you can do it on a smaller scale that does not involve 
walking into a room of 300 people and not knowing anyone and have to go up to people and introduce yourself and like, nobody wants to do that. that that's not what networking, there's other ways. So there's just, because yeah. I do think networking is critical probably for every profession, but especially in libraries and in consulting, you have to be able to talk to people. You mm -hmm. have to be able to grow your network. And it can be hard for a lot of people, but I wrote about some like, like lower impact ways to, to build your network. And I think that's really, really important. What, you know, I do think the library world in some ways is a small community. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you saw online or somehow that some library was doing something you thought was cool that you would like to do, you probably wouldn't hesitate to reach out with an email or call them. That's kind of how we do things. You know, we're collaborative. We have interlibrary loan, mm -hmm. right? Which amazing <laughs> patrons um, all day. But we're used to working together. And I think if you think about networking in the same way, I, I think people approach it, yeah, like they're, you know, kind of Joe business and they have their business card and you need to kind of sell or something. No, you're, mm -hmm. just, you're just trying to connect with people. And I, I do think if you approach it from a perspective of trying to learn about other people, what does this person mm -hmm. do? What, what's going on in their world? It's a lot more interesting than mm -hmm. if you go into it thinking I'm going to make a sale or I'm going to get a job. Just listen to what people like to talk about themselves. Yes, listen. exactly. <laughs> so that's all. Throw it a is. question out there and they will like do the networking for you sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And also people like to help people. And so mm -hmm. you know, I've talked to, I've done some training on kind of professional advocacy for, for librarians. And one of the networking pieces I talk about is to, you know, your elevator pitch, which isn't a pitch, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm so-and-so, I work here, I'm interested in this. Often if you end with sort of like, oh, I'd love to meet more people who do whatever, or, you know, I'm interested in learning more about X, Y, and Z, it gives people something to latch on to a little bit and say, oh, okay, well, I actually know somebody who does that, or I listen to an interesting podcast on, on this. And so you're really trying to engage people, give them something, give them a way to help you right? Mm -hmm. You're selling exactly. But, or at least something to talk about, or they can say, I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> exactly, you know, good luck to you. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that's important. So I love that you're writing about that. Why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? So yeah, it feels like so long ago. Why I went to library school, I worked in my university library as an undergrad and then after college was hired into a circulation role um but i left that role maybe after 10 or 11 months because i still felt like i was in college a little bit um you know because i was literally in the same place i'd been and so i did a bunch of other work marketing archaeology um uh, finance stuff um so i but when i looked back i thought working in a library was what I enjoyed, right? I enjoyed helping people. I enjoyed kind of being somewhere where people were curious and um, I definitely supported the mission. And so I decided that that was what I was gonna do. And at the time I had been volunteering as a tutor um, for a, an association, well, it was for a group and I was tutoring, you know, kind of elementary school folks. So I actually went to library school to be a children's librarian, which people who worked to me with me like later 
for some reason can't imagine it, but it was what I wanted to do. Scholarship <laughs> to be a children's librarian. But when I went to library school, um, you know, I remember in that first foundation class, we kind of went on like little field trips around to other libraries. And I felt like the academic library was more than I had known in my role. And so that was kind of where I ended up, but I had thought I might've, uh, you know, it was first, it was children's libraries, then it was SLA and, but I ended up in the academic space. I mean, I, I'm not someone who really, I think, you know, I, I don't really do regrets. Not that I, if I hurt mm -hmm. someone, obviously I regret hurting someone, but in my kind of life trajectory, I don't kind of think about regrets. I absolutely don't regret going to library school. I think it's brought me to where I am now. I think, I still think libraries are important. Um, I still enjoy working with them. And so, yeah, I, I think it was a good decision. It brought me to where I am today, even though that's so vastly different than what I thought. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I should be leading story time right about now if, if things <laughs> had gone, gone the way that I had imagined, but clearly I am not, so. You can grab one of those books off your shelf and read us a story if you'd like <laughs> to end the podcast. <laughs> you know, That's I always, <laughs> I feel like one of the reasons I ended up not going into public libraries, I'm really bad at displays. So that was always an issue. <laughs> like I cannot make a display. I just, it's, it's like beyond me. I don't have the gene for displays. And so I think that would have been a detriment a little bit. <laughs> you know, one summer I did, I made a sign that said beach reads and I just pulled random books. I didn't even look at them and put them on the shelves and they flew off the display shelves. But you at least, you probably have a nice <laughs> sign. You <laughs> Graphics design are skills I do not have. It was like a, an umbrella with sand and like, on the left and on the right it said beach reads some font and then people I think people will take recommend if they think it's a recommendation yeah. they will take it right but other kind of displays I can't do I also tr always struggle to print labels so ILL was hard for me every time <laughs> I had to, to do ILL I was like I can't get this label to print I don't know so um anyway <laughs> I think you did okay without all that <laughs> I think I did okay <laughs> But luckily, I don't have to do any of that um, in my my current role. <laughs> so where can people find your business? Yes. Yeah, so people that need your skills. Yeah. So um, my website is yazdaniconsulting.com, Y-A-Z-D-A-N-I consulting.com. Um, and so on my website, there's a thousand buttons to schedule time to talk <laughs> with me um, per, you know, the branding folks advice. And so it's very easy to talk to me, but my email, my social media and stuff is there too. Um, the Consultants for Libraries website is consultantsforlibraries.org. And there's ways to, to reach out to me about that there as well. Um, and I would say too, you know, even if you're not trying to hire me, you can reach out and, and talk, particularly if, if for folks who are interested in consulting, I'm always happy to, to chat and share kind of my experiences with that and to put people in touch with other consultants who can share their experiences. So yeah, you can reach out even if you don't have any intention of ever hiring me. That's well, okay. that's very generous. Thank you for that offer to let yeah. listeners reach out and yeah. and get informational interviews. Yeah. And even if it's not, you know, even if you're not interested in being a consultant, but, you know, I don't know, something else that I might be able to help with, reach out. I'm happy to talk. 
Great. Well, thank you for doing this. This has been really good. Yeah. I've learned a lot about consulting, the consulting world. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that was the goal of Consultants for Libraries was to talk with with other folks. And yeah, I, I've joked recently that I started it so that I could talk to other library consultants. <laughs> kind of true. Um, so, yeah. That's not why I started the podcast at all. So I could talk to other fun librarians. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> well, wasn't for- because it was COVID and there was nobody around and, you know. Yeah. Nope, not at all. No, yeah, I don't get anything out of it, right? Thank you to Jamie Yazdani for being my guest today on the Librarian Linkover. Thank you for the support of my podcast. Please like and follow the Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app. Follow on social media and visit thelibrarianlinkover.com. And thank you also for the support of my Substack newsletter, Pondering Leadership. Welcome to my new subscribers. I'm excited that so many people are finding value in my leadership and management experiences. Thank you so much for listening and reading.